there's a big gift here and it's just creating another opportunity for you to grow closer together and move forward together and at the end of the day you know when all things are said and done they're going to be really grateful that you took the time to prepare them and get everything in order so it's truly a gift if you look at it in a positive light hey everyone welcome to steadfast care planning where we plan for care to live well I'm your guide, Kelly Augsperger. Today I have with me Courtney Markley, owner of Markley Coaching Group, where she's on a mission to get people comfortable talking about money. She focuses on people's behavior with money, helps reduce financial stress, and develops a lasting legacy of stewardship. Thanks so much for being here, Courtney. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. I'm excited. Me too. Well, Courtney, let's jump right in. Today we are going to be talking about the empty chair. And I know that you aren't afraid to have difficult and often emotional conversations with your clients. And one of those conversations is about the empty chair. Tell people, first of all, what does the empty chair represent? And then second, what do people need to know and do to prepare for that empty chair with their finances? Yes, absolutely. So when we talk about the empty chair with our clients, we're referring to a time where when they're married and then one of the spouses passes away. That is the gentle way of us talking about a spouse passing away is the empty chair. It's such an important topic. And actually, our clients say that this is the most valuable topic that they talk about with us because a lot of people don't create that space to think about it. You know, it's not something really fun that we enjoy spending time talking about and thinking about, right? Um, You and I are kind of the oddballs where we talk about it all day, every day, Um, (laughs) right? So the first thing that I tell people and preparing for the empty chair. One, first off, is it sounds so simple, but honestly, it's first just having a conversation with your spouse about, hey, what are some possible complications that could happen if either of us were to pass away suddenly? Normally, um, it's not something, um, unless there's already a long-term illness, normally there's not something um, that you plan for, but it can happen pretty suddenly right? And you don't want to be in the midst of chaos and then say, okay, now what? So there's a few things that we encourage people to talk about. The biggest one being finances. Again, finances is another topic that a lot of people don't like to spend a lot of time talking about. And when you're talking about couples who have been married for decades, even normally they've already gotten into a pretty good rhythm about who does what, um, that a lot of them don't even communicate about what the other person is doing. So what we see most often is one of the spouses has been designated the money person. They're That could be because they enjoy it, they're really good at it, they're competent with it. And it could be because the their other spouse really doesn't enjoy it really doesn't like talking about money. Yeah. That's the person that we focus on the most and helping them feel confident and competent if something were to happen. And primarily we see this in women. So a lot of women let their husbands take on the role of provider and, um, you know, the money guy because they might be really good at it and um, they trust them wholeheartedly. But, 95% of women at one point will be the main uh, financial decision maker in their house. So it's how do we get women to be, yeah, 
So it's how do we get women to be really prepared to step into this role? Because, you know, if you wait until a crisis happens and that person's no longer there to ask them questions, right? We can't say, right. hey, where did you keep this? How are you doing this? They're no longer there. So it's really important that the first step is just coming together and, and talking about these things. Um, so there's actually two uh, uh, little activities that I'll have clients do. And again, it sounds a little morbid or a little silly, but it's actually quite an eye opener. So the first mm-hmm. one is, and I love this. I just recently had a client do this, um, a married couple in their early 60s. And they, they communicate about money fairly regularly, but uh, the husband still takes on the main role of actually logistically getting everything done. So we came up with a little plan where for one month, he wasn't allowed to do anything. And she had to pay all of the bills. She had to, you know, make sure... The the financial house was in order and she wasn't allowed to ask him any questions. <laughs> so we were essentially, wow. yeah. yeah. So we were essentially removing <laughs> him from the equation to say, okay, if he were no longer yeah. around and you have to figure it out, how do you do? And it what was a great a, test. It was. And she was such a trooper. You know, they both were, they both totally played into this role just to say, Hey, We love each other enough. We want to make sure that we're prepared. And especially the husband, he felt, you know, just a big burden on him. Uh, You know, what's going to happen to my wife if I'm no longer around? I really want to make sure that she understands how to how to run our financial house. So at the end of the month, came back together, asked how they did. And she didn't realize how much she didn't know. She didn't realize. Mm -hmm. And it was a huge eye opener for her because although they talk about where the money's going, she's not the one logging in and paying the bill. She's not the one whoever goes to the bank or any of these things, um, you know, dealing with insurance, anything like that. Uh, So it was a huge eye opener for her. That's one scenario that you can play out with your spouse. I love that role playing because it is, it's Mm -hmm. giving them a chance to step up to the plate and let's practice this before you're in crisis mode. You know, that way, if you, if you do make mistakes or you're not sure what to do, you're going to work out those kinks before that empty chair situation happens. That's, that is such a valuable, uh, really test. Yeah. I love that, Courtney. Yes. Thank you. The second role playing that we do Again, we're trying to make this feel as real life scenario as possible, right? Um, And this is one that I suggest, especially for my couples who already feel like they're pretty prepared. You know, they already have their will in place. They have their insurance in place and all these things. So they say, we think we're well prepared. So I'd like to take them through this next role play where we say again, okay, let's pretend that you both have just suddenly passed away. Okay. And now... Mm -hmm. Walk through the steps that your survivors, you know, kids, relatives, whoever they might be, how would they go about finding this information? You know, what steps would they need to take? Mm. Do they know the name of your insurance provider? Do they know where you bank? Do they understand how to contact, you know, your mortgage lender and all all of these different things? So we walk them through those scenarios as well. Um, And this is really, really helpful. It normally... Um, helps fill in the gaps for the couples who already um, 
have done quite a bit of work, but I may be missing some few key things to help their families once they are passed away. And again, we can't just go and ask them questions of, hey, where do you bank? No. I need to, I need to get right. this, this, and this, right? Right. So, <laughs> right. so that's, that's yeah. another really great role-playing scenario, which again, you're kind of removing yourself from the situation and putting yourself in the other person's mm-hmm. shoes and saying, okay, if this were to happen today, what, what right. would our kids do or what would our family do? And is this going to be a burden to them? Right. Yeah. And Courtney, I would imagine that this pro- this situation right here, the second that we're talking about, where it's now up to the family, maybe it's the adult children or nieces, nephews, mm-hmm. whoever's in your family, right? That's mm-hmm. going to be really tidying up your estate. That's probably thought secondary as opposed to, well, if I pass away, what's my spouse going to do? So if you've got both right. spouses gone and you do right. have adult children, you, you've got family that need to take care of your estate. What do they do? So both of these scenarios are really great to role play through. I love that you yeah. take an active and proactive a- approach with your clients and do this. And I'm so glad you brought that up because, and I know I've shared this with you as well, um, so that you can have it for your clients, but I created a, a roadmap to mm-hmm. extended care planning and a survivor's guide. And in that roadmap, there are lots of questions. You know, where do you keep documents, location, who is your financial advisor, estate planner, insurance agent, your, where do you bank, and then all the account numbers so that you can really have a log of where this information, you know, is, who the important people that your family needs to talk to. So it's, yes, please fill this out, have these conversations so that your family's not in crisis mode, but they know exactly where to find the information. They know who to talk to, to make it a little bit easier. We know it's going to be hard. It's always hard when a loved one passes away, but if we can relieve some of that burden, we are reducing consequences, right? Financially, physically, mentally, and emotionally. So yes, have these conversations with your spouse, with your family, with your financial advisor, your financial coach like Courtney (laughs) to be able to get your ducks in a row, right? Yeah. We want people to have a plan. Yes, absolutely. And I've seen your roadmap and it is so detailed and wonderful. So I love all the work that you've put into it. And it is really a, uh, a, I would say priceless tool for people to use. Thank you. Appreciate that. I mean, that's the yeah. idea is we, we want, we want families to be prepared no matter the situation. So we want to give them resources and tools so that they can have that at their fingertips and fill it out. <laughs> Don't just keep it in a file <laughs> and not fill it out, but fill it out. So your family has a plan and they know exactly what to do and, and where to go and who to talk to. So yeah, yes. great, great points, Courtney. And I will say even even I think leading up to that empty chair. So even before that chair is empty, maybe you have a spouse that is currently needing care or might need care in the future. You know, what, what do you do in that situation? And, you know, you want to have conversations with your spouse before they're at that point, right? Because they might still be living, but what if they're not cognitively or even physically able to have these conversations with you? So you Mm -hmm. want to make sure you're doing this when both spouses are healthy and cognitively aware so that you can have really productive conversations. And 
we be so that we can reduce the consequences. And, and with the long-term care component of it, we want to reduce the physical consequences. So having conversations with your spouse and your family of, you know, who's going to provide care? Is that going to be a spouse? Is that going to be a family member? Is this going to be a professional caregiver? And then if there is a family or friend caregiver, what's the impact to their physical health if, if they are going to provide the care? You know, are they willing to do that? And can they do that? We know there's a huge caregiver burnout. So we want to keep those things in mind. And then are they able to logistically provide care if they have a job, a spouse or kids? And are they even geographically close enough to provide care? Is that even realistic? Right. Do they live in your in your city or are they in a different state? Yeah. And then. Mentally and emotionally, it's so stressful when when there's an LTC situation. So, you know, what's the impact to their to their mental and emotional health? Will they be able to cope with the stress if you have a family member providing care? And how are those sibling relationships affected? You know, one adult typically takes on more responsibility than the others. And so, you know, how is that going to affect these sibling relationships down the road and then financially, we know paying for care is can be really expensive and disrupt really your retirement portfolio and your plan. And I'm sure you see this, Courtney. Yes. Right. Oh, How, yes. Absolutely. Um, a, an LTC situation. Yeah. Can derail, derail a plan. So being able to figure out how you're going to pay for that care and are there tax consequences if you don't have an LTC insurance policy? Will the surviving spouse have enough left over to maintain financial security? Are right. they able to continue really leaving those legacy and inheritance goals. A lot of things to consider, questions to talk about with your spouse, with your adult kids beforehand. Yes. Right. We want this to be proactive. Yes, absolutely. And I know you're so, you're so, so good at doing this, Courtney. Yeah. And I want to expand on one thing that you just said there, because it's so powerful and I really want people to grasp this, that if there's not long-term care insurance in place, and then they move into a situation where they're needing long-term care, it can so quickly drain all of the savings and the the legacy that they were working their entire lives to build. And I think that, you know, we, no one ever thinks it's going to happen to them, right? There's always going to be right. more time. There's always going to be more money. Mm-hmm. But again, I go back to what um, the statistics show us. So two-thirds of widows expect a decreased income after their spouse passes away. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, not every time, but a lot of times there's a situation where the husband moves into long-term care, drains all of their nest egg, and then the wife mm-hmm. is left again with very little to no nest egg and a decreased income after their spouse passes away. That is not the place that you want to be. I just recently heard a very, very tragic story of how a woman lost her husband and her house within the same month because uh-huh. there was mm. there was just no planning in place. And so you that is not the legacy that you want to leave your family. So really... Um, no. It can happen to anyone and there's there's no more time. Do it today. <laughs> Those are the things I want to capitalize on. <laughs> there's, a, there's no more time. Do it today. Yeah. 
Plan now to reduce consequences later. Absolutely. And now for a brief message from our show's sponsor. As the premier long-term care planning designation, the CLTC Certified in Long-Term Care Training Program focuses on the discipline of extended care planning, providing financial advisors with the tools to discuss longevity and its consequences on a family's lifestyle and finances. Look for the CLTC designation when choosing an advisor. What are some best practices when talking to your spouse and your kids about this, Courtney? I mean, you've already given us some great, just uh, practical ways, even role-playing how to do that, but even is there a a specific age on when people should do this or how or where? I love this question. I really do. I think you can start talking to your kids about it at, you know, the conversation I think just changes as your, your kids grow up and mature. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So again, as soon as you have that plan in place, I would make sure that your family is aware of what it is. Cause even let's take your roadmap tool, let's say a couple does all of that, but then they don't tell their family about it. Well, then the tool again is lost all of its purpose. Right. Um, right. What I see, what I see most regularly, whether it's, um, spouses who are having trouble communicating or the spouses are aligned, but they're having trouble, um, communicating to their adult children. Normally there's a sense of, um, I'm trying to choose my words carefully. One, there's some boundary issues typically. And another Mm -hmm. thing is, um, you know, there's just a lot of relationship dynamics that go on, right? Sure. Um, These are usually uncomfortable conversations. It's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. to, to sit down and say, hey, if something were to happen to us, who would be getting this money? This is who would be taking care of this, you know, all Mm -hmm. of these things. And again, it's a heavy conversation, um, but I think we need to start reframing that in our mind to say, um, one, it's not about us, right? It's not about right. the, the people who are doing the planning. It's who we're planning for, which is our family. Yes. Right? Yes. It's we, we you've, you've mentioned it a few times. We can't necessarily control, obviously, the, the emotional stress or the emotional mental burden that's put on someone when they lose a spouse or a parent or loved one. But we can control a lot of other things leading up to it. And even just the security and knowing that, hey, there's a plan in place. And I can just by default go right to the plan and just kind of focus on my emotions and my mental health because the plan is already there. So the right. biggest right. the biggest advice um, that I would give someone is don't shy away from the tough conversations. You need to really lean into mm-hmm. them now, and the more um, the more you have them, the easier it gets. But don't left thing don't Agreed. leave things on the table. The example that I gave you of the the woman who lost her spouse and her house that situation could have been avoidable. Mm-hmm if they would have had conversations while he was still alive. There's a lot of things to be said about just saying the tough things and getting it out. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Don't be afraid to have those conversations. You'd rather do it now when you have more control versus after the fact when it's too late at that point. 
So do it now while you have the time and you are competent and and you're able to do this. So take action now. Absolutely. Courtney, I love that positive spin, right? We are able to do things right now. We have control over the decisions we make now. So let's talk about how we are doing this for our family. We love you so much that we want to have this really awkward, difficult conversation (laughs) so that later on... It's easier for you. It's easier for your siblings. It's easier for, you know, the spouse. And so Mm -hmm. let's focus on the good in it and what we can do, how we can stay in control as much as possible, knowing that we don't know when this is going to happen and how it's going to happen, but we can do something about this right now. So focusing Mm -hmm. on the positive, shedding light there and calling it out for what it is. Yes, it's awkward. It's uncomfortable, but we're going to do this. We're going to do this together. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's what families are for anyways, right? Yes. We have to get in there. Yeah, Yeah, we have to, we can't shy away from the hard conversations. And so that's, that's normally when I'm talking to someone about, you know, preparing for the empty chair, this is where our conversation normally ends up is Mm -hmm. there's an uncomfortable Mm -hmm. conversation that needs to be had. And that's what's hindering the progress and moving forward in the planning. So that's what family's Mm -hmm. for. There's a big gift here and that it's going to, it's just creating another opportunity for you to grow closer together and move forward together. So, and at the end of the day, you know, when all things are said and done, they're going to be really grateful that you took the time to prepare them and get everything in order. So it's, it's truly a gift. If you, if you look at it in a positive light. Amen to that. Total, total agreement there. Yes. Love that, Courtney. Mm -hmm. If someone is listening who has recently lost a spouse or someone close Mm -hmm. to them that managed their finances, do you Mm -hmm. have any advice for them? Yes. Slow down. There's no rush. If, if you've just recently lost a spouse, um, there's going to be a lot of important decisions to be made financially. There's no rush, right? So slow down. Don't, I encourage people as, as long as legally there's nothing pressing them, try not to make any big financial decisions, at least for six months. You know, don't go buy a new car. Don't move. You know, don't change all of your investments mm-hmm. dramatically. There's a lot going on. You're processing a lot. So as long as you can help it, don't make any huge financial decisions right away. Get support from people that you know and trust. That's the biggest thing. Um, so whether that is a mm-hmm. family member or a close friend, lean on those people first uh, to say, hey, does this make sense? Is this a good decision? And then you can always meet up with um you know, not everyone has those people, again, who are just financially minded and, and that's why coaches exist. And there's a few other, you know, people that you can lean on during these times. Um, but, but that's the biggest thing. Don't be in a hurry. And then once you do start making some financial decisions, if you, if there's some things that you need to learn, um, go to people that you really know and trust. That's, that's the biggest thing. Um, because we don't want to be put in a situation where you're you're taken advantage of or, you know, don't make the best decision for yourself long term. Right. Right. Great advice. Courtney, any final advice for people so they can plan now to live well? 
I know we've covered a lot already. Yes, you. They. Yes, we did. Um, reach out to Kelly for her roadmap and do it. <laughs> that would be the, that would be my biggest <laughs> advice for people. Honestly, um, she did not tell me to say that, but I'm telling you to do it. Um, <laughs> um, it is it is incredibly important, and it's a good similar to the the role playing exercises that we talked about. It'll help mm-hmm. fill in the gaps, and then that will show you where you can start your conversations with either your spouse or your your friends and family. Great. Thanks, Courtney. And lastly, where can people find you to learn more? Oh, very good. Um, people can find me at my website, markleycoachinggroup.com. We are regularly doing free workshops for people that you can sign up for. We also have some good group sessions that will be coming up uh, in the new year, specifically on these types of topics. So I'm really excited about those, but you can find out more markleycoachinggroup.com. Thank you. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Courtney, thank you so much for your time today. It's always a pleasure talking with you. Um, So thanks again. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Kelly. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Steadfast Care Planning with Kelly Augsburger. For more information about today's guest, please check out our show notes. And for additional information about Kelly, you can look her up on LinkedIn or find us online at www.steadfastagents.com. This show was made possible by Certification for Long-Term Care, Primary Residential Mortgage, and DWA Tax Consultants. Please join us next time for more helpful guidance and thanks for listening.